Welcome to Meet the Filmmakers at the Apple Store Regent Street in London. Please welcome your guest moderator, Chris Hewitt. Hello. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for coming. Kenneth Branagh's Cinderella is a lavish, sweet, and very charming reimagining, live action reimagining, of the classic fairy tale and the beloved Disney animation. Before we meet Sir Ken and some of his cast, let's take a look at the trailer. Hunting, you see, it's what's done. Just because it's what's done doesn't mean it's what should be done. You're right. I hope to see you again, miss. Ragged servant girl is what you are, and that is what you will always be. <laughs> ah! Wake up, your Royal Highness. You're in a daze. It's that wonderful girl. I can't stop thinking about her. You will be king soon. A prince is not free to follow his heart. He must marry for the good of the kingdom. What on earth have you been doing? Dreaming, that's all. Well then, wake up! No one in the kingdom will outshine my daughters. It's you, isn't it? Just so. Remember, at the last stroke at midnight, the spell will be broken and all will return to what it was before. Are you looking for this? Must be quite a story to go with it. Keep that girl out of sight. And you and your daughters will get whatever you desire. Someone like that doesn't just vanish. I have to see her again. I will protect the prince from you. No matter what becomes of me. Please welcome Sir Kenneth Branagh, Richard Baden, and Holiday Granger. Hi. Well, well, well. Welcome. A lovely crowd. How are we all? Very well, thank you. Very Excellent. Well. Congratulations, first of all, on the huge opening in the States. Thank you very much. Amazing. 70 million, roughly? It, yes, apparently. Yes. Yeah. yeah it, like you don't know the exact well, amount. No, no, we, 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 where we go in our pockets, but it's very, very, <laughs> very nice. For me, the, the numbers just represent people going to see the movie, so that means lots of people. Um, I don't know quite how, how many it equates to, but it feels mm. like a lot of people, that would be. <laughs> feels like a lot of people, indeed. So whenever people hear the word Cinderella, I think they have an image in their heads already of what that is. How do you go about making it your own and turning it into a live-action movie and embellishing it? Well, you, you know, you start with um, the script, obviously, but, but uh, alongside the script you get this sort of anecdotal sense of what people might like from a Cinderella movie. One of the first things that people said to me when they knew I was doing it is, is, is Gus Gus in? This was the, this is the question. People obsessed with uh, Gus Gus, and I realized after a while Gus Gus had to be in. So, uh, so then I went to Chris Weitz, who, who wrote the screenplay, and uh, Gus Gus was in. And in fact, there's a whole secret, my subplot in this. Uh, 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 the, we wrote entire scenes for the, for the mice. They're all scripted, they're voiced by actors, and then they're all scru 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 scrunched up. So in the home entertainment release, maybe people can discover what the secret screenplay is. But it was all, <laughs> it was all prepped. Um, 
but it was really about um, trying to embrace the, uh, the, the set pieces in the story that people, I think, really remember. I think people um, are very taken with the chase from the palace. They're very taken with the transformation scenes. The story, in a way, is about transformation in lots of ways. Uh, so I wanted to do all those um, you know, cinematic moments that would see our mice transform to horses and, and, and pumpkins to coaches and things. Uh, but also at the center of it, see if we could um, just find a, a different kind of Cinderella and also understand a bit more about who she was and, and how she could be in the 21st century and how some of those other characters might flesh out a bit like Kate Blanchett's stepmother. And so uh, it was a combination of finding the spectacle and the things that people might want and also the things that the, a new version of the story would demand. And indeed, uh, Cinderella's stepsisters, yeah. which brings us to Holiday. Uh, can you talk about your character and how you go about a modern interpretation of quote-unquote ugly sisters? Well, I not ugly, <laughs> not ugly. <laughs> Horrendous. Hence the quote-unquote. Well, we were actually going to ugly them up slightly by... Um, and um, we were going to have fake teeth at some point and we turned up not telling Ken that we were going to have them in at the, at the camera test. I had these slightly goofy crossy over ones and Sophie had um, a, a geeky gap in between hers and after a sort of first 10 minutes of camera test, Ken was like, you know what, I don't think the teeth are necessary. <laughs> <laughs> and that was them done. But I did get to keep them actually, so I do have these geeky fake teeth if ever they need to come on useful. Um, are they framed? Are they hanging on a wall? What are they, what are they doing right they're, now? They're probably in my attic. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> I'll have to get be. them down. <laughs> okay. um, but yeah, with, um, it was great working with Ken, even in the audition. I felt like um, it was sort of like, uh, I felt like I was going for an acting workshop with Kenneth Branagh. You know, people will pay for that. Um, um, because we kind of really played with the idea of, um, of sort of different levels of comedy with the sisters. I kind of at first thought I was going to go in and play some kind of stoic, bitchy, Lady Mary-esque character and then sometimes she's ended up just being a complete giggly little girl. Um, um, but the, re the whole re rehearsal process um, was really useful because we sat down, Ken and Sophie and I, and kind of just, looked, just talked about the kind of the backstories and the... Uh, tried to find some sort of psychological realism in the characters um, to kind of understand their 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 wickedness and their um, kind of place that in a sense of like reality, lack of self confidence and bullying and all of that that kind of mindset. Um, so that when it came to being on set, it, I felt like Ken then gave us sort of carte blanche to play and be as big as possible because we knew that there was that kind of that um, that realism rooted at the bottom of it. And uh, and Richard. Can you talk about the psychological realism needed to play a character who's known as <laughs> Prince Charming? <laughs> uh, well, we just tried to make a young man out of him, really, and, uh, and kind of first and foremost, just like Cinderella's a daughter, he's a son, and that's what we kind of focused on, really, was that relationship with his, his dad. These characters are so influenced by their parents, so we kind of worked to try and, you know, bring out that uh, sense of humour between um, the king and the prince, and that kind of just... Sense of humor is a great way into a character, and I got a lot from Derek and what he, what he did with the part so wonderfully, and I can kind of feed off that. I just basically stole bits from Derek and stole bits from Ken, tried to piece a character together. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was kind of. Yeah, Ken would kind of give me a book and say, "I think the prince would be reading that just now if he wants to take a look at it." And it's Marcus Aurelius's Meditations of <laughs> Machiavelli's The Prince, and I'm going. I thought this was a Disney film. <laughs> um, 
But I actually think that's what's so great about Ken, that this could be Macbeth or, or Cinderella, and it's the same amount of of detail and, and precision and thought that's gone into it. And actually, you know, I'm sure you're not gonna, you're not gonna kind of look at the, my, my prints and this and think, oh, well, he must be reading these wonderful books. Um, but for me, it's just, it's a lot of other stuff in the head. It puts you in the mind frame of, of maybe where he's at and what he's thinking. So we can get into these scenes and, uh, and, uh, and be in a place that's real. I, I know what books he's reading. I know what he's been doing for the past few years. And uh, Ken, what about you? What books were you reading in preparation for this? Um, I, don't, I was reading Hello Magazine half the time. I think it was just, it was just any, anything that could wipe, wipe your mind. Uh, I'd done a lot. Of, I'd done a lot of. I do a lot of reading anyway, because the fact that I'm just sort of returned to reading for pleasure. When you do something like this, you you get so caught up in, um, you know, the the various variations on this, the Perrault tale, the Grimm's tale, you know, other tales of Cinderella from other cultures, um, and uh, so you you really get sort of mono focused on that during that during that kind of period. So Hello Magazine. Well, it's just, it's, you just want something to sort of, no offense to readers and lovers of Hello Magazine, but you just wanted something to sort of, sort of chill out to, you know. I, I hasten to add, this wasn't an obsession, but, <laughs> but an, an occasional way of uh, relaxing. Branagh cuts pages of Hello Magazine out and sticks them on the walls of his office. Headline shocker. Uh, should we take a look at a clip? This is, uh, this is the, I don't know if Ken, if you want to set this one up. This is uh, Holiday's entrance in the film. Uh, yeah, it's where, uh, it's where uh, having been told, Cinderella having been told by her father that he has met somebody else, uh, that for the first time the, uh, uh, this woman and her daughters arrive at, uh, at Cinderella's house. Let's take a look. What an ugly dress. And she's skinny as a bro. And that stringy hair. You're very nice. Welcome. I'm so happy to meet you. You have such pretty hair. Oh, thank you. You should have it styled. Oh, I'm sure you're right. Uh, would you like a tour of the house? What did she say? She wants to show us around her farmhouse. She's proud of it, I think. Do they keep animals inside? <laughs> How charming. How perfectly charming. Lucifer. Her stepmother-to-be was a woman of keen feeling and refined taste. And she, too, had known grief. But she wore it wonderfully well. That is already for me one of the great screen entrances. Uh -huh. It's fantastic. Well, she, uh, she, in a minute, she turns into the most fabulous close-up, doesn't she? She's got a she's got a veil on, and she turns around these are piercing blue eyes and those cheekbones, and uh, it's yeah, it's very very striking. Her Sandy's clothes, her her entrance is great. And uh, Kate Blanchett was already on board when you you yeah. came on, is that right? And, but yeah. you, you must have known immediately this is a face I can shoot. Yeah, you know, I just thought it was a great opportunity to work with a you know, wonderful actress who uh, was able to relish you, you know, a moment like that and just wear it with such, and own it with such style. But she's also very funny and very witty, as you might imagine, very cruel uh, when it's required. But because we also try and give some sort of personal history to the characters, I think that she also is very um, uh, personable and intimate and and she without playing for sympathy I think she reveals a little of, of, of why the stepmother may be as she is and she we also see her take some kind of wounds there's a moment without you know too much of a spoiler alert we, we, we see her understand that the bond still between uh, Ella's father and uh, and uh, their 
deceased, his deceased wife, Ella's deceased mother, is very strong. And you see the challenge a stepmom can have in a situation like this. It's not to excuse what she does, but Kate Blanchett makes that very subtle. So you get that kind of terrific ownership of a moment in the movie. Plus, you get a lot of human feeling and detail. And, uh, and Holiday, we see there uh, almost immediately that uh, you and Sophie McShira, uh rightfully off are just pricking away at Cinderella, rightfully off. Um, how cruel did you allow yourself to be on set? Um, it's kind of hard, actually, because Lily's so lovely. She has these such wide open innocent eyes and just feel like it felt like we were just this pack of wolves picking at her all the time it's like you just want to go I'm sorry Lily I'm sorry um but I, I really enjoyed it actually <laughs> hey my kidding no it was, I think it was more the um the kind of the comedy meanness and bitchiness that I enjoyed I feel like there's sisters at um it's, it's less about them trying to affect Cinderella and more about them trying to kind of try and out-mean each other and kind of, I think the, the, uh, there's a sense that uh, Kate Blanchett's stepmother is the kind of the, the leader of the pack and they're kind of trying to follow in her example and kind of beg each other on to, uh, to uh, who can get the best mean gag in. <laughs> and, and Richard, I guess in a way, did you feel you were in a slightly different film? Because you're in a very, kits off on his own in this castle and he's... Yeah, was pining for Cinderella. I suppose I was in the, I was in the kind of the male-dominated part of the film, really. Um, but you know, this whole story is although I was kind of uh, detached from from Cinderella, a lot of the film, it's all about her. So in a way, there's a huge connection there, and 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 you know how we we shot things. I was kind of able to kind of see everyone and and, and be around to be part of it. So. Um, so, you know, I definitely felt like I was in the same film as these guys, just maybe didn't get to see them often enough. And uh, in terms of rehearsal time, you, you mentioned it earlier on, the rehearsal period. I mean, getting that chemistry between yourself and Lily James as, as Ella must have been so important to you. Yeah, of course. Uh, I think that was something that um, it comes from it both being our, our first kind of big movie and, and, and playing characters that lots of people have got preconceptions about and I think we, we kind of clung to each other at the start of the film and went alright oh, we're in this together uh, and I, I suppose that really helped our relationship from the beginning but you know I think she's just a, a wonderful actress and can cast as well I think as a couple. Can you talk about the search for Lily and where you, you found her? Uh, well she, she came along and uh, Lucy Bavna, casting director uh, was the first person to meet her and um, and then I, I watched the tape that she'd made and then I met with her and then she read with me and then she did a screen test and and uh, I think we put uh, Lily and Richard together and um, uh, and it was a, a long process of, of getting to know her and and seeing also uh, uh, whether she would have the kind of um, uh, kind of calm, the kind of uh, be able to carry the responsibility of, of, of playing a character like that, and that was revealed because she remained very playful across that whole thing. So, so did everybody else who was involved in it. We tried to create an atmosphere where they continued to enjoy it because enjoyment, the sense of fun, was really necessary in the movie. So it was, it wasn't a good thing for everybody to get worked up about whether they got the part or yeah. not, yeah. even though it was understandable that they got a little, a little uh, anxious. But we then, um, uh, the, all, all of the guys were so committed to everything, but it was, it was nice also apropos of that chemistry thing to, for instance, the very first scene that we shot was when the two meet in the forest. And it was our first day of shooting proper. 
and uh, we, in a sense, had slightly kept Richard and Lily apart a bit uh, in order to, so that we could see the relationship happening right there on camera. But also, they bravely, and all the way through the film, rode their own horses like they did their own <laughs> dancing. And so, if you're having that first meeting and you're a live animal, you know, you've got a great big ton of horsepower underneath you. Uh, we kept the cameras away, a distance away, and we were on long lenses, so we were closer on them, but we were physically far away, so that we were overhearing this conversation between two actors who literally galloped into that scene every time we did it. So every time that scene started, they were already adrenalized. Then they had the horses to control. Horses don't always do what you tell them. And so the, the beginnings of that, of that relationship seemed to evolve in real time uh, with, with, with genuine sort of volatility underneath it because you never knew what the horse was going to do. Did that work, Richard? Yeah, it was yeah. great. I mean, just coming in, like Ken said, that adrenaline of charging in with these horses. And uh, Lily had never ridden before we, we started the film. Uh, and, she, and she got good at it, but it, that horse was definitely going to take out the camera crew if I didn't stop it. So I've got to get in there and stop it. And that kind of adds a level of fear. And then, you know, you're trying to kind of control these, these beasts. And, uh, you know, very cleverly of Ken, that's kind of um, mirroring these two people controlling their feelings and not really knowing what's going to happen um, next and, uh, and then kind of slowly settling with each other. So it was a great way to start the film because we had all that anxiety and energy to kind of rush into that scene with. Okay, well we have, we have a clip now of uh, you and Lillian. This is uh, slightly later in the film, I don't know if Ken, if you want to set this one up. Uh, you'll just have to remind me again. It's, it's the, the dancing. dancing. Yeah. Oh, so, oh dancing. no, I knew, yeah. did they go to a ball in this, don't they? They do That's go to a right. ball, yeah, there's a ball. They Something shall go to the ball. I think uh, yeah, this is the, the, the very beginning of the ball where they meet. She, as you may know from the story, is late for the ball, but she gets there in time. Uh, everybody's been waiting, and uh, she doesn't know where he is to begin with. But her, this friend, she doesn't know he's the prince, this friend Kit does emerge, delighted to see her. And so they uh, begin um, the, uh, the first dance. Let's take a look. Believe me, they're all looking at you. There we go. Short and sweet. Now, was that more or less nerve-wracking than shooting on the horses? Much more nerve-wracking. <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of hard. You've got kind of 600 actors and dancers around you, and, and an orchestra, and Derek Jacobi, and Kenneth Branagh, and Kate Blanchett's <laughs> watching you, and I'm not a great dancer, so, oh, God, the pressure. Um, but actually, kind of very much like the characters, you know, once Cinderella appears at the top of the stairs, that's, that's all I could see. Uh, and actually, the lights did get dimmer, and we came together, and and just kind of got lost in this dance together, which again just sweeps us up. And the choreographer, Rob Ashford, did an amazing job at, 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 at making all these, these beats between these two characters throughout it, these slight touches of hands and eye contact and, you know, the first contact. Um, and that kind of really, really made it feel like acting and I could kind of forget about my feet for a minute. Although it's true to say that across that whole sequence, we probably shot the ballroom sequence for a week. Um, and every time we did the dance, we did the entire dance. That's the first 30 seconds of it. It goes on for two and a half beautiful minutes. They did it from start to finish every time, in front of everybody every time, and never messed up a move across the entire, entire uh, shooting of it. It was wow. incredibly impressive and very beautiful and very touching. Yeah. 
And Holiday Bob is alive being part of that, that scene watching this unfold. Amazing. Well. Sophie and I had probably watched, uh, we had that, that theme, the dance music in our heads for weeks because we probably watched <laughs> Lily and Richard rehearse that oh, hundreds of times. But something about actually being there on the day, the first time we saw them do it for real, it was just, because we'd been watching. I mean, I remember seeing the ballroom when Ken showed it me when it was just like literally pieces of paper and a pencil, kind of little mini model. And so we'd been gradually watching this ballroom come to life and gradually watching the costumes come to life. And then all of a sudden, first day of shooting, there's hundreds of extras on set. And Ken, and we did the shot of Lily walking down the stairs and Ken just left it rolling. So it's just the first time that we actually saw the dance reel was actually in the situation, in the ballroom, with everyone there, with everyone watching, with everyone genuinely, genuinely on tenterhooks wanting to watch this dance for the first time. And it just, it, it felt so magical. Um, I think that kind of, like, by this point in the movie, every time I've watched it, I'm crying. Because <laughs> like, I literally, just this literally starts to walk down But you're meant to be willing them to fail. You want them to fail and fall <laughs> over. And... Same character. No, but it's, um, so, it's just so beautiful. It's great. It's great. Uh, we have time for questions from you guys now. If you've anything to ask, whoa, lots of hands. That never happens. Okay, there's a lady right there. First hand I saw shoot up right in the back row. If you can keep your hand up so we can get the microphone around you. We've only got time for 47 questions, so <laughs> see how it goes. Hi, uh, I've, judging from the trailers, the locations look really beautiful. Did you have a favorite one to film in? My favourite one was uh, was that first that first day um, in Black Park, was it? And that's uh, it was this gorgeous wood by this amazing tree that looks like it's a prop. It's kind of hundreds and hundreds of years old tree in it, and it's just it was a kind of stunning bit of, of beauty. And and like the amazing set decoration team had had put all these beautiful flowers everywhere, and it just looked like the kind of perfect place to meet someone and fall in love. <laughs> and a holiday. Um. Uh, with the, just the, the ballroom set, I think, was um, uh, just stunning, and even the just the down to every little last detail. It was a uh, um, yeah, beautiful place to spend a week. <laughs> and I love being uh, in uh, in Cinderella's house, which we also built because every time we were there, we had this whole menagerie of animals, which were very, very funny, characterful, you know. I was going to say people, but of course they're not people, they're animals. <laughs> um, but they were very characterful, and so uh, you got to know geese and goats and rabbits and uh, people who don't do what you tell them when, when you're trying to shoot a film, but it made it very memorable. Uh, 46 more questions to go. Yes, please, right here in the middle. Can you keep your hand up, please, and uh, we'll get the microphone around you. Thank you all so much for being here. Um, what was the greatest challenge in making the film for each one of you that you found either in characters or in filming? Um, I think initially it's sort of a, as an actor you quite often or you're used to so so used to doing things by yourself and focusing is kind of quite an, an internal process but for the first time I was having to be part of a double act and Sophie and I um, had to kind of feed off each other a lot which to begin with is quite difficult because you have to have this level of awareness of what the other person is doing in the scene all the time and um, uh, to try and get kind of the same tone but um and so the first few days that we were working together Ken really kind of was was on me and Sophie to try and kind of speed run the dialogue and really kind of feed off each other's lines and uh, get that kind of that um quick kind of frantic argument sense going on all the time but but then once that I mean once we'd sort of got into it Sophie's like just in 
uh, I think she's just got funny bones and she's just got this sense of like comic banter in her normal life anyway. So it's just kind of once we kind of got in the pace of it, it was really, it actually ended up being, turned from being the hardest point initially to kind of the most enjoyable aspect. I think, uh yeah, Cinderella's such like a strong, brave, amazing woman, and I read the script, and I think my biggest challenge was, was trying to make a man that was worthy of her affections, trying to make a man that you're watching this film and, and going with Cinderella, and you're so on her side, and, and to, to make a character that, that you want to see her with, uh, because she's this amazing woman. So on a kind of general way, that's was trying to create a man that was, was uh, worthy of falling in love with, falling in love with by her. And uh, again? For me, I think it was probably the, just generally the, the tone, to try and find the tone that, that felt that the characters were modern and contemporary and believable and credible inside a world that was uh, classical and took you on a sort of big escapist journey and that the two things could live side by side, hopefully. Next question, please. No, the lady behind. Okay. Hi. Um, I was lucky enough to see the film last night and it was beautiful. Um, Thank you. I just wondered, not going to give any spoilers but there was a scene with the prince and the king it was like quite emotional and it was really nice to see that was it nice to explore the prince in a less one-dimensional way than the cartoon absolutely that's you know that's uh, like I said earlier you know I, I consider him a son before anything and Cinderella a daughter before anything and so to build up that relationship with Derek was really was really great because you get to see the prince you know, in lots of different ways, you get to see him be a soldier and a friend and a prince, but also, most importantly, a son. And uh, and you have someone like Derek Jacobi to act with. It's uh, it's it's not hard to to tell the truth when you're looking into his eyes. He he gives you so much. Did you see the uh, the prince and his father as a way in to to create emotion that? that otherwise might not have been in the main story? Well, I think, I think Rich is right in terms of we wanted to make a credible partner for Cinderella, um, uh, somebody that um, you know, she, she cares about and who, who is indeed worthy of her. And so we needed to know about his background too in the same way as we find out about who Cinderella's parents are, uh, the, the environment that has helped shape them. So we wanted to do that with the prince and, and they are there and some of that experience really bonds them because they begin to understand they share some of the same things. Some of those things are painful to experience as well. And uh, it was beautifully, beautifully acted by Rich and by Derek. Uh, there's a gentleman here in the uh, front row. There's a microphone coming around. Hi. Um, thank you for coming. Uh, which one is your favorite Disney film? <laughs> nice and simple. On the spot. Aladdin. Mine's Dumbo. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jungle Book, I think. Uh, Lion King. You're allowed to say Cinderella. Uh, if you say Cinderella. And Cinderella. <laughs> uh, anyone? Yes, please. The lady here in the front row as well with the red top. Just throw the microphone down. It'll be fine. Hi. Um, so this was for Kenneth. Uh, looking forward to your theatre season at the end of the year. Do you have any advice for theatre directing? Theatre directing? Um, advice? Well, um, uh, nothing other than just do it. Do it as much as you can, you know, and... and uh, if that, are you interested in theatre directing, or perhaps you are a theatre director? Uh, I'm trying to. Trying to be, well. Uh, often, I think, at the beginning of uh, careers in, in, uh, in the theatre, uh, and film, and the whole world of show business, it's just good 
however uh, roughly or informally to be doing it as much as you can. And that's not always easy. And sometimes it feels like it has to be very formal and grown up. I think any, any form in which you do it, whether it's working with an actor or working on scenes or doing, making, you know, uh, recruiting friends to allow you to practice is important. The doing it is, is important and going to see it is important and trying to recognize what the directing element of it is. So it's, uh, it's just trying to do it as much as you possibly can. Uh, yes, please. Thank you. Um, you've talked about how um, the Prince has a proper backstory, and um, what was it that made you decide to do this? And Richard, was it something that attracted you to the film? Uh, yeah, that's you know that's that's why I I, I love this version of the film. In the original animation, he's only got two or three scenes, so uh, you know we don't even get to learn his name in the animation. And in this version, you very much get a, a fleshed-out character and. And, and someone who's an equal to Cinderella, that kind of slightly old-fashioned idea that, you know, damsel in distress needs man with big house and lots of money to rescue her from her terrible life, uh, do, doesn't really uh, work too, too much and it's not relevant anymore. Actually, you meet these two as equals when the film starts. And, uh, and that was really important in kind of making this story more relevant to today, I think. And, and I think, uh, you know, the, the fairy tales are such interesting things to work on because they uh, are deceptively simple. I think people are very happy to watch them in a way in films because it feels as though, well, this will be fun, it'll be entertaining, be simple, perhaps. And then I think are regularly surprised by the fact that, um, you know, in some of the films we've just mentioned that Disney have done, you know, there have been uh, always surprising and kind of insightful and, and often I think quite profound uh, um, kind of perceptions about human behavior. And uh, Cinderella has it in, in, in great measure as well. So you have this chance to deliver some fun if you can if you can do so. But also I think there's just lots of observations about family life and what family life requires, what, what it's like for a stepmother these days perhaps. and. Um, and it takes it head on, you know, some interesting issues around bullying and cruelty that I think are, alas, universal. And, and Holiday, in terms of backstory, I, I spoke to an actor recently who, uh, who crafts backstory so meticulously he writes down his character's shopping list. Did you go into backstory for Anastasia or...? Yeah, yeah. Sophie and I battered around loads of ideas and I don't think we ever came to any clear conclusion, um, apart from the fact that it could be anything. We kept changing our mind even as to kind of who was older and who was younger, and just the, <laughs> the, like, the, 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 we just kept bickering about it all the time, so gradually turning into the stepsisters. Um, uh, and we could never even settle on an age, actually. I think like, the um, stepsisters kind of seem, in the way that this movie seems timeless, they kind of seem ageless. They sometimes, uh, you kind of you think they're maybe in their early 20s, but there's something of the kind of selfish teenage girl about them, and something of that kind of uh, that insy little, insy little, little toddlers, kind of the, the masters of their own world, and can't quite empathise with anything outside of it. Um, <laughs> and I mean, even the way they dress is kind of like, <laughs> like, like, so like you, kids raiding their mum's dressing up box. Kind so of you didn't keep the costumes. You kept the teeth, but not the costumes. <laughs> oh, I'd have loved to have kept the costumes. <laughs> okay. um, time for two last questions. Yes, once again, the front row, and then we'll move back to the lady in the second row here. Um, my question's about the dress, because it's almost a character in the film, it seems, from the trailer. <laughs> so um, how much input did you have? Was it important to you early on about how it was going to be made? And also, was it practical? Because, Richard, you had to dance with it, so... <laughs> 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 uh, uh, 
it, it, it was not hugely practical. Um, but, you know, we had a lot of time to, to, to practice with it, and it's such a stunning piece that, that, that Sandy Pearl created. And actually, once you get used to it, you, you, you just get on with it. I kind of, I learned a, a new way of dancing, which is like skiing, because you can't <laughs> lift your feet, because you just stand in the dress, rip it, Sandy will go crazy, Lily will fall over. So you kind of <laughs> ski around the dance floor, and it's, uh, yeah, yeah, we go on with it. And it's such a, a stunning piece, and I'll never forget, you know, the image of kind of seeing Cinderella at the top of the stairs for the first time. It took everyone's breath away. And it was obviously, uh, and when people weren't asking about Gus Gus when I first mentioned it to them, they were asking about the dress. Um, so I knew that there was a great anticipation for it. Um, and then there was a, you know, there were fundamental questions. Uh, Seems silly, but they were very important. What color is it? Is it in fact blue? What is it? What color shade of blue? Should it be like the blue of the 1950 animated one? Um, uh, are we going to try and animate it? Are we going to sort of fiddle with it CGI-wise? But. Sandy always felt that the, the, the dress, as you rightly say, is a sort of character, and so the material she chose, the, the, the kind of glitter that she chose to put into it, the jewels, the crystals that went into it, all contribute to the idea that you've got a hint of in that scene that quite apart from anything we would ever have done to it, it sort of moves in its own way, and it, as it came down the stairs, it, sort of, it was like a sort of cloud coming down the stairs, so it, it really had dynamic movement of a very magical kind that was based on all these acres and acres of... Uh, material from all sorts of corners of the world. Uh, so it was like project dress completely dominated the entire uh, um, uh, pre-production. But it was, it was crucial and, and, uh, and so important emotionally as well as just as a, as a sort of object of beauty. And this may seem silly, but did uh, Lily have special training <laughs> to move in the dress? Because uh, Yeah, there were, I mean, for instance, we, there, were, there were, I don't know, three or four different sets of heights of uh, heels on the shoes so that she could manage the stairs. And there were different versions of the skirt that were, um, so the skirt looked better at a certain height when she walked down the stairs, but not so good when she danced in it. So, uh, and this was, it had issues on the day because changing that dress wasn't a matter of five minutes. That was two hours while, you know, that got there. So you really had to work out, okay, well, if I shoot her at the top of the stairs, I'm okay. But if she goes down the stairs, she's got to go away for two hours. So now we're going to go and shoot a holiday because she's on the other side of the room. And then we can do the shot down the stairs and then we can change the dress again and we can change the shoes again. And um, so there was quite a lot of logistical management of that kind of thing. Amazing, amazing. And the last question is the lady here in the second row. Do you have the microphone? There you go. Thank you. Hi, I was just wondering what your favorite quality of Cinderella as a person is. Favorite quality? Uh, that she's not afraid to ask questions. I think that's something that I really like about her. She's not afraid to, to question something, and, and, uh, and I think that's something the prince takes from her is going, Actually, yeah, let's, let's question this uh, and, and work out if it's right or wrong and, and not be afraid to be wrong um, if it is. And, uh, and Holiday? Um, her courage and her kindness. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, that generosity. Uh, uh, I was saying earlier on today that um, one of the nicest uh, things that happened when we previewed the film to a family audience included a lot of kids um, and uh, they were asked afterwards, uh, Oh, who's your favorite character? Cinderella, Cinderella, Cinderella. And what did you like about it? And they said, I liked the moment when uh, the old lady came to visit her and needed uh, some milk. And Cinderella was very upset, but she forgot about being upset and gave the, the old lady some milk without thinking about it. 
and the, that sort of observation of the casual generosity of Cinderella, always thinking about other people without being a sap, um, was, was uh, I think, is, is a lovely, lovely quality. And a lovely note in which to end. Uh, thank you so much for coming. Thanks for your questions. Yeah, thanks, thanks a lot. Thank you. Kenneth Frank, hold again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.